0: Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: If you want to get to know more about us, go check out our network, the Reformed Rebel Network. You can still find us at our old website, rebelalliancemedia.com. But you can find Reformed Rebel Network on social media and in iTunes and probably whatever podcast catcher you use. You can also find our episodes on YouTube. So if you go there, subscribe, hit the bell so you get notifications and you can follow our content on there. And if you would like to financially support us, you can go to patreon.com reformedrebel and we would be very appreciative if you supported us on patreon
1: indeed and there's some
0: goodies you get if you sign up on patreon too i i couldn't tell you all the details there but but definitely if you sign up you get some you get some free stuff
1: we're the we're the low-hanging fruit of the reformed rebel network so if you at all enjoy us it can only get better from here
0: amen amen (laughs) so
1: actually the last episode that nate and chris put out on the rebel podcast Uh uh-huh i forgot their name for a second sorry guys Um, (laughs) there've been a lot of name changes around here lately, okay, so...
0: Fair enough, fair enough.
1: Anyway, their latest episode was about antinomianism.
0: Uh Uh-huh, and legalism.
1: And legalism, and it was really good.
0: Yeah, their No Other Gospel series has been pretty awesome.
1: Poots has been kind of on fire.
0: Right? He's all fired up about the gospel right now. I'm loving it.
1: I mean, Poots is usually good and entertaining, but, like, he's been... He's been really on it lately.
0: Dropping some bombs, right? Right. Maybe he's making
1: a list of thoughts. What do you mean? (laughs) I'm just always made fun of for having lists, so... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Probably not. He's probably just smart enough to be on fire without having a list.
0: Pootie's the man. I love listening to those guys. So go check them out. And the...
1: The prepared table?
0: Yep. The next... (laughs) The next big thing that we have to... Both of
1: us like looked at each other and thought the same thoughts. at yeah, right. the same
0: time. Are we going to say it? Are you going to say that next? <laughs> the prepared table. So it's hope- like we're married. I know, right? It's almost like we're one, I guess. Um, if Hopefully you listened to our last episode where we had Sandra Rolette on mm-hmm. the podcast and we talked about this big project that we have coming out, the prepared table. And this is going to be our antithesis to Lent. It's gonna run every day during the season of Lent. What- it is a
1: it is a family worship and feasting guide.
0: Yes. So if you missed that episode, go listen to it so that way you can get more details. We're kind of giving you a little recap right now, mm-hmm. but every single day for forty days during Lent, we're gonna give you the the opposite of fasting. We're gonna give you feasting.
1: We're gonna give you family devotionals. Uh-huh. We're gonna give you recipes. We're going to give you all kinds of awesome resources for free on our blog, released to you every day.
0: And we got the bases covered. So, grocery lists are going to come out. I
1: mean, we're not buying your groceries, but literally everything else. Everything besides the groceries being purchased and we the meal not... being prepared has right. been done for you.
0: Everything short of being a welfare state, <laughs> buying your groceries. We ain't
1: about you. that life.
0: And Erica and Sandra have done a phenomenal job uh developing this thing, and I helped a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, but they have really spearheaded this thing and just took off with it running, and the finished product is awesome. So we're really excited to get that thing going. And that starts on
1: guys... the 26th, but we will release the grocery list and the intro, a little right? teaser yeah. the Friday before, whatever that day is.
0: Bolo. That means be on the lookout, right? Yes. It's like cops and stuff.
1: Right. We're going to talk about a little bit of true crime tonight. That's why I said it. Oh, okay. Yeah. it's <laughs> a good segue. Is there so, any more business we have to take care of before we get into all that?
0: Well, we're going to be moving at the end of this year.
1: Yeah, that's our or big announcement. Uh,
0: late summer.
1: You guys, so for those of you who followed us for a little while, you know Grants in the Army moving, PCSing as they like to call it, in the Army.
0: It's an acronym. The Army loves acronyms.
1: Everything's an acronym.
0: PCS means move. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I don't even know what PCS stands for. Personal.
0: No, permanent change of station.
1: Permanent change of station. There you go. I don't even know. I just know what the acronyms mean. I don't know (laughs) what they stand for. You don't need
0: to know. We're PCSing. That means we're moving. That's all you need to know. That's right.
1: MOS, PCS. Right. What other good, fun acronyms? NCOIC. That's what you are.
0: NCOER.
1: And C-O-E-R. ERB. Yep. Yeah. Lots of acronyms. Anyway, uh, so we're moving, but this time we are not moving because the army has decided to move us.
0: No, because I will be out of the army.
1: Yeah. Grant has been offered a wonderful job up in Canada, Canada.
0: I have been given the amazing opportunity to work alongside uh, P-Nate of the Rebel Podcast at Crossroads Alliance Church. Yeah. So I get to be the you get to be his wingman. Pastor. I know, right? What is it in Star Wars? Who's the main guy and who's a wingman? I don't even know Star Wars well enough. I are know they the, are you
1: the Han Solo to the Luke Skywalker, or is it the other way around? I don't
0: even know if they'd be considered like a duo.
1: But they always are together.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Either one's awesome, so I'm cool either way. Uh, Nate, Nate, which
1: one do you want to be? Yeah,
0: Nate, you can pick. <laughs> I'm down either way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can be the Samwise to his. Frodo. Frodo.
0: <laughs> That's pretty cool. They're both pretty awesome, too.
1: I'm just saying, if you get to be Han Solo and Samwise, you get the better end of the deal. So I don't really know if these are great analogies for Nate.
0: I don't know, but it's going to be awesome, and I cannot wait to move up there. There are so many people we've known through the podcast that live mm-hmm. up there. Now we get to meet them in person and know them for real.
1: It was announced to the church on Sunday, yeah. and literally our phones have been blowing up ever since from people who have... Found out in church, uh, just reaching out to us. It's been incredibly
0: encouraging. I'm just gonna say, I like don't even know how to react to some of it because it's the amount of love from all those people has been overwhelming. It's been incredible. It's been awesome. We feel the love, guys. Yeah, definitely. So it's just kind of it's kind of just amping us up even more and more. So along those lines, kind of considering my Facebook, right? Some they have added added me and added you. Yep. As friends on Facebook.
1: Well, they've added, more people have added you because my name is spelled really wonky, and I think people have a hard time with it. That's possible. When you type in Erica, you don't <laughs> typically find... just doesn't come find... up
0: because they don't type it that way. Fair enough. This is this is true. I, never even, I didn't even think about that. But the other thing that I got randomly um, over this last weekend were a few friend requests from, it seemed like, Christian guys and even some pastors in, like, random countries in Africa... And Pakistan or a couple of these countries where you know there are large groups of Christians. Right. You just don't get friend requests from them very often. Yeah. And I have before, but yeah, it just there, happened to happen There are a this couple of people
1: that we're friends with on Facebook that are from, I think, Africa that are, like, legit Christians, have even commented on some, like, Rebel yeah. Alliance stuff. and like, True. Yeah. It's just kind of cool. So. But you're in the army. So this, like, you're kind of trained to be leery. 100%.
0: I am trained to be suspicious of anybody adding me on Facebook from a foreign country.
1: It's okay, though, because Canadians are not on the, like, American watch list. Yeah, so. they're n-
0: they're not a part of my training of, like, beware. <laughs> There's no Canadian that comes up in that training. So
1: if you're from Canada, you can <laughs> still add us on Facebook. We're not leery of you. Yeah.
0: But something that was interesting was it started pouring in like crazy. Like, I started to get tons of friend requests.
1: How many requests do you have on your phone right now from people... From the Middle East and like Africa and whatnot.
0: I have fifty nine. <laughs> Today I've I've been adding some, looking at their profile, and if it doesn't look legit, you know, yeah, if it, if it does look legit, I'm like okay, I'd add whatever. Um, of course, if they see you know us share the podcast, I want them to listen and right. And a lot of them seem Christian. They have Bible verses posted and stuff, and especially like Pakistan. If someone's got a Facebook and they live in Pakistan and they're sharing Bible verses, that's kind of bold, actually. Right. Uh, certain countries in Africa, surprisingly, actually, like Zambia, where Vodi is at now, they're actually a Christian country. Right. Their their constitution starts out with, you know, we, we, uh, we worship the one true living God. Yeah. Like, they're more Christian than the U.S. Constitution, saying, you know, people are all endowed by their creator with these unalienable rights. You know, they're more overt than that. Anyway, something that I started to see... <laughs> So
1: Sorry, I'll put that away now.
0: Something that I started <laughs> to see common in a lot of their profiles though, is the reality of how strong the Pentecostal, movement is in Overseas. these African countries. yeah, And maybe not so much in the ones even that I saw from like Pakistan. Pakistan seems to be pretty popular, so something's going on there. Maybe
1: it's just like a church. Maybe like one friend maybe. found the po- found the podcast and was like I don't know. telling all yeah. of his Christian buddies.
0: I think it's access, smartphone access too. That's got to be something significant in some of yeah. these countries. but
1: Or maybe it's just like one big terrorist trap that you fall and pray to.
0: We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and and so you see that and you know I if you watch uh an old video of John Piper talking about why he hates the prosperity gospel so much. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was pretty popular.
0: Yeah, it was very popular and some other things is you see how the prosperity gospel has been brought to Africa and there are a lot of Christians and I do believe true believers mm-hmm. but they need a sol- more solid foundation. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just kind of sharing this with you all to pray for them to pray pray for Africa pray that God send uh, laborers into that you know harvest and mm-hmm. I I feel a burden for those people and just seeing the need for a good solid
1: theological foundation
0: yeah exactly yeah and they need it so bad and you can just see that they are hungry for it. You know
1: what I mean? Well, in in certain countries, I would imagine like Pakistan. I've never been there. But from what I understand. I've been
0: close to there. (laughs) Yeah.
1: From what I understand, um, most of those like Middle Eastern countries, just access to sound theology is one of the biggest obstacles. Not that they don't want it. Not that they don't want correction or discipleship. It's just hard to get resources.
0: Yeah, because they would just not be allowed to ship anything in, or right. a website to even order stuff mm-hmm. would be blocked mm-hmm. by their, you know, cell companies or right. their. That's why I'm like, companies.
1: how in the world did they find you on Facebook?
0: Yeah, that and that's where you could maybe see Pakistan possibly could be uh, is a little more advanced than a lot of countries. Yeah, um, it's just true. So, um, so that's what it seemed like, and then. You know, in Africa, I don't know. I, I think with Africa, having been to one country in Africa, yeah, it's just logistical beast. Yeah. It's just really difficult to do anything. Yeah. Um, just the northern part of Africa is the size of the United States. Right. And, and so you think about what it takes to logistically fly something across the states when we have all these resources. Imagine trying to do that when you don't have. Right even the resources we have so it's just difficult well
1: and it's even hard for the average american to find good solid theological resources and that's why a lot of like the sbc lifeway type crap is just so popular because people don't know that there are other resources true it's just hard to like figure out what is the good stuff what is the bad stuff yeah and the things that are the most abundant typically are not the grandest of resources so
0: yep so anyway pray for africa guys It's kind of (laughs) on our minds and on our hearts tonight as we started to record. Facebook, apparently. Yeah, and all over my Facebook. Well, that's the thing. There's the the post mill blessing of the internet, right? It's true. Yeah, is right there on their phone. They have Facebook and stuff. They can listen to videos. So I was thinking about this earlier.
1: Okay, and we can not do this, or we can do this. You can tell me what you think. All right. This is like live in person. This is how Grant and I. I like
0: this. This is so.
1: We feed off of each other, and yeah. Typically, I'm not this kind of person though. Typically, we have discussed everything beforehand, so this is like back this is scenes true. behind the behind the mics kind of.
0: This is awakening information raw.
1: <laughs> Instead of like you know how there's the after dark version of things or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But since our our stick is get woke, it can't be like after dark. <laughs> but it could be like after hours That's or right. something. Unplugged. <laughs> Unplugged. I don't know No, because we're podcast. We're everything has in. to be plugged in. <laughs>
0: You can't not plug us in.
1: Anyway, so you know how we do Rebel News from time to time? Uh-huh. And obviously the Rebel Podcast does that all the time. Yeah. And that's great. I love it. I love thinking through cultural topics from a Christian perspective. I think it's helpful and we need to do that. And more often than not, we should be thinking through these things more. Yeah, of course. But I was also thinking earlier today, every now and then we should just do a segment where we discuss like things that look bad in our culture- that actually are, like, God's sovereign hand working in evil for good. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah.
1: So you're talking about technology and, like, for all the woes that we have when it comes to social media and the internet and Mm -hmm. all the terrible things that happen on the internet. Right. One of the grandest post-millennial things about the internet is that it does give us the ability to send good content to places overseas, and if not the ability to just, like, send a Bible like you yourself can post Bible verses on your personal Facebook page that someone else that you're friends with can see and be encouraged by. Yeah. So maybe they can't have a whole Bible, but they do have access to see what you post on your social media. Exactly. So that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. I think it's a perfect example. And we know that God is always working that way. And we saw it as early as the the first sin in that when God cursed the serpent, he promised a Messiah. Right. Right. Brought good out of a bad situation. Yep. He worked good in, in evil. Yep. It's Amazing.
1: So I was just thinking maybe we should every now and then just talk about, like point it out, point out yeah. where it is that we see God doing things where everyone seems to be freaking out and thinking like, oh, where is God? Despair. Despair, doom, gloom. Yeah. You know, but it's like actually God's doing something really cool with this yeah. and we just need to sit back and watch how he's going to work this for good.
0: Yeah. I like that idea.
1: Okay. Week one, done. All
0: right. (laughs) Check the box. (laughs) All right. So what are we going to talk about? Tonight,
1: we are going to talk about...
0: Some justice issues tonight, right? That's
1: right. Uh, Last week, we were talking about true crime with Sandra. uh
0: Uh-huh. Remember that? Yep. We can't get away from it.
1: (laughs) No. I love true crime. I have like four or five podcasts that I listen to like every week on the reg along with my like Christian Living podcast. Don't you judge her. No, it's good stuff.
0: I'm talking to the listeners.
1: I know. I'm telling you it's good stuff.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So to uh, sort of carry on our conversation (laughs) about true crime last week, this week we wanted to pick that up and kind of talk about the justice system. There's some uh, things that happened here in New York City. Go figure. (laughs) Right. Recently that we thought would be fun to talk about in light of the Bible. And there's some other things that um, we've just kind of seen happening in the world that, again, we thought would be helpful to talk about in light of the Bible. And so this is going to be kind of another sin and the justice system, sin and justice. justice reforms. Yep. And and uh, and that's the sort of thing we're going to talk about on this episode.
1: Which would marry very nicely to the Rebels podcast when they were talking about God's law and applying God's law, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. So we're, we're, uh, we're batting cleanup uh, rebels, and we hope we do well.
1: Well, we're not cleaning them up. We're yeah. just coming alongside like a good compliment complementarian <laughs> spouse would.
0: Hey, if they want to take that as an insult, I don't know.
1: I think you can only take it as an a insult. He didn't co- mean it, guys. First we compliment them, then we say we have to clean up after them. Actually, it is like a spouse. Why? Because first we say we love them, then we clean up after <laughs> them. <laughs>
0: Well, I didn't mean it insulting. I don't know baseball terms super well, so maybe I butchered oh, that Oh, I didn't one. even
1: know that was a baseball term. Batting, so that...
0: batting cleanup?
1: Oh, I didn't hear the batting part, I it's guess. It's when
0: you come in later, and then you, you you get an RBI, or you get a hit or something. I don't we'll know. We'll
1: ask Joey later. It's fine.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, Joey, he'll tell me all about it. Okay. But I know the Rebels will know, because they're big baseball fans.
1: So here's, here's an interesting thing that happened in New York City. Okay. So there is a outcry for justice reform in yeah. new york
0: there's way too many people in the prisons right so we need to I do think, something about i this.
1: think if you're being realistic whether you are liberal or conservative or anywhere in between everyone should be like yes we need some serious reforms right like, in our I criminal think, justice system
0: yeah i'm pretty sure everybody for different reasons but everybody right. would admit this that is our not justice working. system is messed
1: up and yeah for sure so anyway the da of Manhattan. Okay. He recently came out with out of the closet. No, which you know, it could happen next week. He came out in a statement, and actually, I don't think he even came out. I think it was leaked. He wrote an email to his five hundred, yes, five hundred assistant DAs. So he has five hundred people who are working under him. Keep, I mean, that's just insane to me. But he put out this email, basically stating that due to some of the latest reforms that are being justice
0: reform or, or criminal criminal justice reforms, reforms yeah. that are
1: that are being now enforced uh-huh. they are having to likely i'm trying to think of the exact wording he used um, dismiss cases dismiss, or yeah, yeah i think you said something. dismiss cases of a certain class yeah so I'm assuming what he means by this, and don't quote me, because once again, this was not even a public statement. This was an email yeah. um, that was leaked. But he basically st- was talking about certain types of cases. I'm assuming he's going to say it's going to be cases that are like misdemeanors uh-huh. or like certain offenses are are classified differently than like that of murder or rape or v- very aggressive, violent crimes. Right.
0: Yeah, and because even felonies have like three or four or five different classes. Right. And same with misdemeanors.
1: And there was no specification when he meant by wasn't. that. So this is clearly just an assumption on our behalf.
0: Right. But it's because of this new reform that's the big deal. Yes,
1: this reform is changing everything. Yeah. And of course, our local news is reporting on this is like oh my gosh this da
0: the injustice
1: he is just going to be ignoring certain cases i think the headline i should just read the headline because i just yeah. thought it was so funny it says due to overwhelming workload manhattan da considering not prosecuting certain cases so it's like shock value right but then you stop and think about it and like you're he's like just
0: sitting there, like mm, don't want to do my job
1: right yeah but then you stop and think about it and you're like Don't we hope that every DA does that? Don't we hope that every DA considers each case and thinks, yeah, this one's not worth prosecuting?
0: Exactly. Like, he probably dismisses a lot, actually. Yeah. Or doesn't prosecute a lot of people because they were arrested for stupid reasons or... Or whatever. Yeah. Or there was no evidence.
1: Right. Well, funny you mention evidence because this is the reform that is supposedly spiraling everyone out of control.
0: Okay. So what is it? So what
1: grave injustice is happening? Yeah. What grave injustice is now being forced upon those brave citizens of Manhattan?
0: Yeah. Because you know what I think? I'm going to say this first because I know we already talked about this, but this is what I would think though. Okay. Is I would think in Manhattan, what it is, is that. Every case that somebody who's arrested for anything related to marijuana is getting dismissed. Right. That's what I would think he's dismissing. Of course, they're going to clickbait it because they want traffic. Right. But that is not the case.
1: No. The new law that's being enforced is simply making it mandatory for the prosecution to hand over all evidence to the defense attorneys within 15 days of an arrest. So that means if you are suspected of a crime in Manhattan,
0: arrested, right? It wouldn't this be mean yes. you're already arrested yes. too? Yes.
1: Suspect, suspected of a crime uh-huh. and arrested. So you are behind bars waiting for a trial. Within yep. 15 days of your arrest, the state has to give over all of their evidence. Which 911 is, recordings, yes.
0: video recordings. It listed off of several things like that. yes, yeah. Sorry.
1: Witness statements, everything, mm-hmm. all of that stuff has to get handed over to your attorney within fifteen days, so that your attorney, your defense lawyer that you're hiring Can to do his job, yeah, to to represent you in the court of law, has enough time to put together your defense.
0: So here's the thing: the guy that was reporting, that was talking about how unreasonable this new reform is, he was saying things like, um. It, that's not even enough time to, you know, get all this stuff together. And so a lot of these cases are going to be dismissed because the timeline is unreasonable. And I'm like, then that means no one has it.
1: In the world of like email.
0: Exactly. I was just about to say that, too. Like, yeah. If if I'm a right, a store owner or whatever, and I just need to email a video clip of the surveillance to right. a attorney, it's super easy to just email it to two people.
1: Right.
0: Like that's not hard. But but what what does this do though? This makes the balance equal, right? Right. God, it's an abomination to the Lord to have an unequal balance. Right. So at first we were thinking we weren't going to like this thing. When we saw the
1: the headline, the headline
0: we yeah. were like, "Oh no, this is going to be like" And I, New
1: York is known for having stupid laws. Right. So yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh yeah, justice is not uh New York's
1: strong suit. Yeah,
0: so we thought we weren't going to like it. But then we saw this and we we're like, this makes things more fair.
1: Right. Like, it's surprising to me that the defense attorney doesn't have access to these types of things already.
0: Right. Like, how how unfair is that? The prosecution gets, well, who knows what it was before. Right. Because now it's just 15 days. Well, and
1: I, I have heard of cases, too, where... The prosecutor will spring evidence in the middle of a trial that the defense never had a chance to even look over.
0: Yeah, that's terrible.
1: So and I don't I am not a lawyer, so like don't hear Grant and I trying to like, you know know weed through all of these laws. But this is where you don't necessarily need to be a lawyer. You just need to know Christian principles. Exactly. Like Grant said, there need to be even balances. (laughs) Justice is blind. So, right. and in America especially, you should be innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. Right. So, you shouldn't have any disadvantage just because you are assumed guilty. Maybe you are guilty. Maybe you have done an atrocious right. crime and there's surveillance footage and there are witnesses and there's ample amounts of evidence. But in America, you still have a right to a fair trial.
0: Well, and that's a biblical principle because right. when somebody knew they were innocent in god's law they were to run to a city of refuge so that they could defend themselves right right before the elders of the city and then of course we know the two or three witnesses requirement anyway mm-hmm. but this was so that they could calm down you know go to the city of refuge find this guy hopefully you've calmed down by the time you get to this guy and the elders of the city get together and you say listen This is what happened. This is what happened, or, you know, whatever. You explain it. But I still just cannot believe that we would give so much more time to prosecutors while the defense is sitting there just waiting. Right. Or whatever. Like that just. And you're
1: just hoping that you have a quick and a clever defense attorney. Right. And if you are given a public defender, I mean, you may not even stand a chance.
0: Did it say anything about. The prosecution not being able to bring in extra evidence if the defense didn't See, have it didn't, that not it didn't,
1: it didn't say that. So, once again, I don't know what this all entails. But I am assuming that if there is additional evidence uh-huh. after that 15 days is up, that you would be able to introduce additional evidence. Uh-huh. And I would imagine that you would just have to make sure that that evidence is given to the defense attorney as well. Yeah. I don't know. That's extra, because every case develops. There are very few cases that are resolved after 15 days. Yeah. So I, though I know New York is very stupid, I would have a hard time believing that that they're saying every case has to be solved within 15 days. For those of you who don't know maybe even how American justice works, typically what happens is if there is, uh, let's just say a shooting, Uh someone is shot in a parking lot Maybe there's surveillance, maybe there are witnesses, whatever. Usually the cops and the detectives show up. The detective will, you know, be in charge of solving the crime. He's the one that will um, get the surveillance and get witness statements and all that kind of stuff. And then typically when he feels that his case is sufficient to go to trial, he will hand over his caseload to the district attorney. And the district attorney, which is this guy who is making Uh these statements about whether or not he's able to actually prosecute all these cases that are coming to his desk, the district attorney determines whether or not the cases do have enough evidence or he'll determine if he thinks that they are sufficient to stand trial. Or if once the case gets to a judge, the judge will just say, this is nonsense. Get it out of my courtroom. Right. You don't have enough evidence. There's not enough evidence to convict. There's not enough whatever. So the the district attorney kind of does have a lot of power in that he gets to say, yes, this is going to progress into the courts or no, it's not. So that's the guy with all the power determining whether or not cases go to court. That is saying these new reforms, they're too stringent. We can't possibly keep up with this workload.
0: Super interesting that adding on a a rule that makes things more fair is such a, a bother on the current system. It kind of reveals the, the, how terrible the system is, right?
1: Right. And, of course, people are upset because it does mean that certain people are going to, like certain criminals, certain offenders, will go free. But we would say biblical justice demands that if there isn't enough evidence, even if they are a criminal, we have to let them go free.
0: Yeah. If there's not two or three witnesses doesn't matter what they're charged with right they shouldn't be held in prison anyway right or jail at this point but
1: right and so i think that is half of the concern behind these new reforms is that we do have people sitting in jails for months sometimes years in fact yeah. that we have no evidence and we shouldn't be able to hold
0: and then they and then they aren't convicted and then they sue the city and get a ton of money for lost time
1: yeah sometimes sometimes not actually, which is both both sides seem totally unjust there, right? Yeah,
0: both sides are completely unjust. Right. Taxpayers were paying for them to sit in a jail or a prison that whole time, right? and then it would be taxpayers that pay them this money
1: anyway. Right, and this is just the problem is that, once again, according to God's law, what you steal from someone, you must repay. Yeah. So, to some extent, I actually think that's a good law. If you are holding someone and there's no justifiable reason for you to hold them, you're stealing from them because they're not able to work and provide for their family so now you need to make sure that the money you took from them or prevented them from making you're now reimbursing to them so i actually do think that that's a fair
0: but it should come out of the pockets of whoever it was that put them there right but i didn't put them there right. right so this
1: is where it's like okay well you elected that official to make those kind of judgment calls then so should it come out of your pocket taxation is theft well, the right. Whole, we, the whole we don't, system is wonky right, we anyway. We don't
0: believe in a kennel penitentiary system right, anyway. Exactly. So that that whole thing needs to be trashed. Right. And overhauled. I could go on and on about the prison system. But it's real bad. And yeah. then, then this
1: is where it's like there's so many layers, right? So yeah. if you don't just scale back and say, Okay, how did God design for justice to work? And you just try and make little tweaks here, little tweaks here, like you're literally just painting a pig. You can try and paint it and you can try and fix it up all you want. But at the end of the day, it's just a pig. So as much as I do think some of these reforms are a step in the right direction, Uh I still think the entire system is broken and we can fix one facet of it, but it's still broken. Yeah. There's a
0: lot of work that needs to be done.
1: We do need massive reform in our justice system. One step at a time. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of people whose cases need to be dismissed. This probably isn't the best way to begin right you know what i mean like i'm glad it's more fair but there's there's just tons of people in prison right now that just need to be like just need to be well this
1: is the problem when you don't follow god's laws you're ruled by man's laws and man's laws are real shady and you become enslaved to tons and tons of micromanaging nuanced weird stupid laws and it's
0: the mercy of the wicked is cruel.
1: It's impossible. And, and, and that's kind of where I'm like standing with this district, district attorney and I'm like, yeah, man, it is impossible. He's saying this is impossible. We right. can't possibly do our job if we're going to be obeying these laws. And I'm like, you're right. Like you can't do your job yeah. if you're following man's laws. It's actually impossible. Yeah. So maybe instead of trying to abide by man's law, you should just scratch the whole thing and go back to God's law.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of that G.K. Chesterton quote, that if man won't be ruled by 10 commandments, he'll be ruled by 10,000 commandments.
1: Right. I mean, yeah. even 10,000 will be merciful in New York City.
0: No kidding. But if we don't turn to God's law and the simplicity and the wisdom right. that he's laid down in it, then we turn to this nonsense right. where we just keep adding and keep adding and more and more and we think we're smart. Right. We think we're smart. We think, you know, this prison system that we've come up with is good thing. But really what we do is enslave people for the rest of their life. Oh, we're not going to do capital punishment. Just you're in prison for life. You're going to remove their dignity as a person and cage them Mm -hmm. for the remainder of their life. You're literally enslaving them. Right. It's just ludicrous. But we're merciful. I don't want to put them to death. The mercy of the wicked is cruel.
1: Well, and it's funny, too, because it's such a example of what happens when we forsake God's ways and we embrace man's laws. Yeah. We end up becoming enslaved to them ourselves. So we think, oh, we're doing yeah, this, great, right. this great thing by trying to reform prisoners. Look how humane we are. Like, we're not going to impose the death penalty. That's so barbaric. So what we're going to do is we're going to tax the people and we're going to make the people pay for the rest of their life and their taxes Uh to keep criminals alive. Who's the victim now? Now we're saying this person who created a crime, let's just say biblically, there are only certain crimes that would uh, mandate the death penalty, murder being one of them. Yep. So we're going to keep these murderers alive, and maybe we're not going to put him to death because that's barbaric, but now we're going to allow him to further victimize the rest of the American population by taking money from them out of their pockets yeah. that should go towards their child's education or, you know, food on their table, and we are going to give it to the criminal to keep him alive.
0: Yeah, we're so enlightened.
1: And I'm just like, you're literally just helping him create more victims. This is, you become enslaved yeah, to the them. murderer yourself now. This is just right. insane.
0: Claiming to be wise, we became fools. Right. Just so that I could point to the exact Bible verse for anybody wondering. Proverbs 11.1 1 is what says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Right. So that's kind of what was in our minds thinking about this.
1: Do you think that perhaps some of this has come from just an American instant culture where we want everything now, we want everything fast, we want everything to be done as quick quickly and painlessly as possible without any added frills. Just get it done. Like persevere, knock it out. Instead of actually taking the time and making sure it's done right.
0: Yeah. 100%. And this I mean this
1: is like American, but I think it's just true of our generation as well. Like there you can you can say of um Previous generations, even the craftsmanship that they would use in building homes or True. Uh, whatever, like the way that they would prepare their homes and the way that they trained their children. Everything was done not based on how efficient or based right. on how easy the task was, but just making sure and ensuring that it was done correctly mm-hmm. and that they were not erring anywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's because everything today is looked at for its utility. Well, and it's, everything is that?
1: instantaneous. Right. Literally. Like, it used to be back in the day that women spent their entire day preparing their dinner for their family. Uh-huh. Nowadays, you're lucky if you get a woman who will go through the KFC drive-thru, pick <laughs> up something on the way home for her family. Yeah. Kids can eat yeah. in the back seat. Maybe they'll bring it home and eat it around the dinner table. Maybe. That's impressive. That and, like, social media. Yeah. Like, everything. Like, click on it. You can watch a video instantly. You know, you can stream all kinds of TV shows instantly. Like, everything is just instantaneous. Instant gratification. And so, the fact yeah. that we actually have to put a pause on all this instant justice, quote-unquote, and make sure the matter is heard correctly and make sure that there is ample evidence. Yeah. And that we're not just like holding people illegally uh-huh. and unbiblically right. that even Christians are bothered by that because they don't they don't have biblical principles and they just don't even have like that cultural Christianity anymore right, exactly. where we would still see like a logical outpouring of that type of behavior. Like this is still a good thing, even if um, generations past didn't necessarily understand God's law or follow God's law there was still enough trickle-down effect from our founding fathers and that American type of Christianity that they still saw it as beneficial.
0: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And what we've lost, and it seems rapidly since the turn of the millennium, Mm -hmm. is the sense of transcendence. Yeah. And so if everything is materialistic and everything is right now, everything is just my life, right? There's no afterlife. Everything is right now then I need it to just be right now what makes me happy right now. And so if the criminal is dealt with, well, I don't care if it was dealt with right or wrong. I just need him not in my life. And so if you're telling me that they're just letting them off and he's coming back to my block, well, that bothers my right now. That bothers my happiness right now.
1: Or to even know whether or not he is a criminal. If social media or Channel 12 says... This person is a criminal. Like, he's not actually been convicted of anything yet. You're just assuming he's guilty because he's in jail awaiting his trial. Uh-huh. Our whole attitude towards the individual sitting behind the the bars of the jail cell is that because he's behind those bars, he must be guilty, right? Because yeah. the police never make mistakes. So then we're sitting here saying we need biblical reform. We're yeah. sitting here saying we need to just follow God's law. We're sitting here saying that... We sympathize with this DA. Yeah. And we see where his job is impossible if he's actually going to do his job effectively because he's following man's laws, not God's. But yet we do still see that the desire to reform what's happening is a good desire. Right. And then so you, we have on one hand, yes, reform the prisons. And then on the other hand, we have the DA saying, but if you reform the prisons, I can't do my job. hmm So- where do we...
0: It's got to give somewhere. Yeah, where do
1: we give here? What does the Christian say the solution should be?
0: <laughs> I mean, you, you'd you have to know a lot more about all the regulations and laws in a city like Manhattan. But usually it's get rid of them. Get rid of regulations. Get rid of stipulations and policies and stuff like that. Usually that's where you start. Biblically? Right, because the Bible, the Bible just doesn't have that. God's law just didn't have layers and layers and layers and layers of regulation and regulation. Well, and bylaws.
1: Yeah. Just, that's the problem with most of New York City is that there's just tons of bylaws. Like every law has like 15 underwriting yeah. laws.
0: Yeah. God's God's law was not set up in a way for a real tight bureaucracy.
1: Well, and the funny thing is, is that this fear that people have when they see uh, clickbaity articles like this is that criminals are going to be released from prison. Uh-huh. See, this is such a terrible thing. Criminals are going to be let out of prison. Right. Cotton Mathers said it would be better for 10 guilty witches to go free than for one innocent person to die.
0: That's good.
1: And so I think though we're not talking about witches. <laughs> uh, the principle still stands that as a Christian, we should rejoice seeing innocent people released because that is a portrait of the gospel. Right. Like, yeah. Um. That we, having been made righteous through Christ's sacrifice, have been set free. Right. And we are no longer condemned.
0: Right. We no longer have a guilty verdict.
1: Right. So that's why organizations like the Innocent Innocence Project and things like that are great organizations and are a great way for Christians to rejoice in the truth uh-huh. and say, okay, well, this person is actually innocent. We shouldn't be right. holding him there in fear of what could happen if he's let off? Well, if he's innocent, then rejoice in that. Yeah, who cares? I mean, it's Ill, it's we always kind of either. puzzled me anyway that we would rather just have someone sitting in jail for a crime rather than actually finding out who the true perp was. Yeah. Like, if that person's innocent, then the guilty person is still walking around. Don't we want to find out who that person is? Yeah. Because. He's out by us. Like, right. the innocent yeah. person's behind the bars and the guilty person's still walking around us. So, that's not great for us.
0: Right. Well, and just, you want to talk about injustice. Right. We, I mean, we've heard that kind of story far too often.
1: Right. But anyway, going back to that, like, yeah. the, the innocent, guilty thing. Christians just need to to trust God, too, and be like, the truth will come out. Right. Especially for using uh, God's law because he's just designed it to work that way. hmm uh-huh turns out if we use you know God's methods that you know he sovereignly works through them
0: yeah yeah right it's
1: just funny how that works yeah anyway we can we could be done with this conversation now because we could go on forever
0: <sighs> yeah we could go on and on and on it's sort of heavy too
1: yeah you know? and it's it's so nuanced and it's hard when you're not talking about a specific crime yeah right? and it's hard
0: when you're not a lawyer.
1: Yeah, when you don't really know stuff.
0: (laughs) No, but the biblical principles apply across the board. They are objective. Right. And like we said, the law is supposed to be blind. It's supposed to be impartial. Right. Those are overarching principles that should be applied. Right. No matter what day and age you're in, no matter what culture, no matter if you're rich or poor, it doesn't matter. Right. So,
1: So that's where we're at. And Christian lawyers ought to be doing their part yeah, in true. ensuring that the innocent do go free and that the guilty right. are put behind bars, and Help. not doing it in a shady way, but doing it in like a biblical way. Right. Not forcing the issue or forcing Taking bribes. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and infiltrate, reform the the system from within. Right.
1: Which, when we say reform, we don't mean just like
0: we don't mean nailing theses to a door.
1: Well, that too, but I was going to say, we don't mean simply just, you know, putting like a 15-day limit on. Right. The, yeah, I think that is good to a certain extent because right. it does force people to be more just, but once again, when you throw another man-made regulation onto the problem, it's like, mm-hmm. that's going to breed 50 more laws out of just that one little right new reform. So, it's just, it's such a tricky thing.
0: It's just funny how that little thing exposed the rottenness, you know? Right. So, okay, well, we can be done. Okay. We hope this was helpful for you guys to think think about these things biblically. We hope that you do the same in your state, in your city, and the things that are being passed.
1: And don't just believe, like, articles you see on Facebook, y'all.
0: Certainly not the headline. Dude,
1: click on it. Think through it. Like, think what the Bible would have to say concerning the topic.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, thanks again for listening, guys. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the spirit. And until next time, get woke.
1: Yeah, let's start with the microphone. Check one, two first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that you search, they say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect us at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart from original sin, the effects of the for. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all Since Adam was our federal head What he did counted for us In him were all rebels and dead Yo, Captured in the mind, disaster Sin and crimes in a dark state Alaska in the wintertime, sour in our frames Left to ourselves, we'd be devoured in the flames Cause we're powerless to change If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3